1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. So glad you're back. It's exciting to have an opportunity every week to just bring you something new. And this week is no different. I've got a guest in studio with me, as always. This guest has never been here before. and His name is Eric Malakowski. Say hello, Eric.
2: Hi, how you doing? Doing good. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm excited to have you on the show. We've got a couple of things to talk about. And as an introduction, well, let's see, what should I say about Eric? Eric's a a fascinating individual. And I've had a number of opportunities to get to know Eric a little bit better. And we probably um, had our first real chance to become better acquainted in the Caribbean last winter.
2: Yes, we did. That Does that was, sound accurate to you? Yeah, that was awesome.
1: As we went on the Marital Magic Cruise, Marital magic. and you and Tracy joined us down there, and we had a chance to get to know each other a little bit there. And, and since then, we've had opportunities to talk and discuss some things. Eric is a person who has a very interesting passion. And the passion that I have noticed that Eric has has to do with gold and silver. Now... I don't want to overstate that, Eric, because I know you have other things in your life that are important. But this has been a particular area of interest for you for quite some time. Is that right?
2: Absolutely. It's, yeah, for quite a while. Since when? Well, my dad taught me about real money and real value. Um, Gold and silver to me is real money. Mm -hmm. When I was a kid back in the 80s, he showed me a quarter that was actually worth about a dollar, and mm. that sparked
1: my interest, and I've been interested ever since. So that just kind of caught your attention, and we're going we're gonna to develop a couple of things that you just mentioned about real value, because I think that's what the thrust of today's show is all about. It's about real value, but let's use a discussion of, of gold and silver and money to to illustrate some of the principles around what real value is and how it's exchanged and that'll be a little bit different from last week's show i think i told you eric that i had two six year olds on the show with me last week yeah that was an interesting discussion <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> but today we'll go a whole different direction now let's um you told me something today as we were uh, as we were visiting before the show you were talking about silver dollars. Mm -hmm. Do you remember what you told me about that? Yeah. Share that example or that story with, with the listeners today. Well, what I can tell you, just
2: to start off, is that this might shock some people, but gasoline prices are actually cheaper today than they were 45 years
1: ago. Now, wait a minute. You're crazy. (laughs) We all know that we're out there paying four bucks a gallon for gasoline. Five if you drive a diesel. I drive a diesel. Five bucks a gallon? Four bucks a gallon for gas? How can you say that it's less expensive? Well, back in the
2: 60s, early 60s, they had this thing called a silver dollar. And Mm -hmm. it was exchangeable for paper dollars. Mm -hmm. It's one dollar you could buy about... Three gallons of gas. And that's when gas cost? 30, 35 cents a gallon on average. Okay. So with that dollar mm-hmm. or that one ounce of silver, because they still had silver dollars, you could buy three gallons of gas. With okay. that same silver coin today, worth about $17, you can
1: buy over four gallons gas. So... Now, And this is the thing that caught my attention, because we look at the gas prices and we think, oh my heavens, $4 a gallon, that's a lot more than it used to be. And then you used this example with me earlier today, and that's why I wanted to share it with our listeners. That, well, actually, the gas itself is easier to produce. We have better technology now. We've learned a lot about refining fuels. All of that stuff is going toward the end of, well, it's less expensive now, meaning that it costs less in human labor and production and whatever it takes to actually get that fuel into our tank. (laughs) And that's part of what you mean when you say it's less expensive.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But not only that... um,
1: Or it costs less.
2: the, The illusion is that you know, the prices have gone up. In reality, the value of our paper dollar has gone
1: down. So in this example, you're using a silver dollar. Yes. Okay, which we don't have anymore. Yeah, when was the last time you got change with a silver dollar in the grocery store? And we're not talking about dollar coins. We're talking about... Real silver dollar. Coins made out of silver. Yeah. Can you give us just a little overview of the history of precious metals in U.S. currency.
2: Well, more recently, uh, anything with with the pennies, anything that is minted before 1982 was 95% copper, which copper is about $4 a pound. It only takes 160 pennies to make a pound of copper. So a real copper penny is worth about two and a half cents worth of copper. Mm. Um later or later in history um silver was taken out completely in 1965 so
1: so since 1965 there is no actual silver metal in the coins that are minted by the by the government is that what you're saying yeah it's all taken out Kay. it's gone and prior to that there was some silver in those coins 90% and so, quarters
2: dimes half dollars, and silver dollars. So they're made today of... Mostly copper. Some kind of alloy. Mostly copper. They have a nickel copper alloy that makes it shiny. Mm -hmm. But you can look at them. You can take an old 1964 quarter that's 90% silver and compare it to a brand new quarter today. Mm -hmm. The 64 quarter is more brilliant. And it shines. It's just...
1: You can tell it's... If you polish it up a bit. No, you don't even have to polish it. It's already brilliant. Yeah. And that's because of the content of the silver. What about
2: gold? Gold was taken out of currency circulation in 1933.
1: In 1933. So
2: slowly our value or the real money has been taken out, replaced with a counterfeit.
1: So in the gas price example, if you have a silver dollar, and we're talking not a, not a dollar that looks silver or a dollar that's made out of paper, but we're talking a silver dollar that's made out of silver, you could buy, 45 years ago, you could buy about three gallons of gas with that. Yep. And today, with that same coin, with exactly the same coin, you could buy how much gas? Probably about four gallons. Close to four gallons. Yeah, I'd
2: say four. But you, you do have to exchange it and take it to a coin dealer or something and get the real value for it. Because
1: you're not going to get many gas dealers out there who will accept silver. There's probably, a few. Payment.
2: There's probably a few who recognize it as more if, valuable.
1: Right, if they're informed and they recognize it. So, so it's not that the price or the cost of gas has gone up. It's that our power to purchase it with a dollar has gone down because the dollar isn't as powerful.
2: Yeah, the dollar's been... Is that fair to say? The dollar's been diluted. It's the, the been dollar's watered been down. Diluted.
1: So uh, give us a little overview of this whole gold and silver concept. This is something that, that I stumbled across, oh, I don't know, maybe a year ago, something like that, when there was a, uh, an article that was sent to me. It was, um, it was through the Rich Dad people. With Robert Kiyosaki, Robert, and it was yeah. about gold. And, and this article talked about how throughout history, as long as we've had recorded history of humankind, gold and silver, and some other things too, but primarily it was focusing on gold in this article, yeah. has been valued by people. Can yeah. you talk about that for just a minute? Where, where's that coming from?
2: Well, gold and silver, I mean, they've always been money. They, that's what has always represented money for 5,000 years. I mean, Columbus sailed over here and risked his life and his crew thinking they would fall off the edge of the earth in quest for gold. And mm-hmm. when they got here, the natives were adorned with it. So mm-hmm. it there, there's almost something spiritual or magical about it mm-hmm. that it has other qualities that
1: people are drawn to. And for whatever reason, they have valued it. You know, this gets back to a discussion that I've had before about value. And when you ask, what is something worth? The next thing you have to ask is, to whom? What is it worth to whom? So it's not so much that the thing itself has value, but that people value it. Yeah. And, and they'll tend to value it differently. But the interesting thing about gold and other precious metals is that they have consistently been valued by people as long as we've kept records about what people value.
2: Well, and throughout history, and it has been established as a standard, you know, the gold mm-hmm. standard. I mean, that's not just something, that's not just words. I mean, it's actually a standard by to to go by. I mean,
1: it's a foundation. Mm-hmm. It's a standard meaning here's what we're going to measure it from. So, if you measure the cost of gasoline, for example, and if you measure it against the silver dollar, a silver standard, if you will, Mm -hmm. then it's actually less expensive now than it used to be. Yeah. If you measure it by another standard, which we are doing now in our society. The paper standard. The paper standard, or the, we call it fiat currency, too.
2: It's... It's not even paper anymore. 95% of it is all electronic.
1: Of the money in our
2: society. 95% of all the money is electronic. It doesn't even exist in a paper form.
1: In a paper or any other physical form. It's just digital information. Yep. So, now this has some (laughs) some interesting ramifications, doesn't it? Yeah. So... Uh, and we'll get into this as the show progresses but uh, it's got me thinking about this value proposition and we're going to come back to that right after we get off of this first break I want to talk about what it means to really create value and then we'll tie this discussion back into the gold and silver sounds good All right, stay with us
3: Hi, this is Jason Adams, one of the co founders of CashflowParadigm.com. The created Cashflow Paradigm is a way to help others look at money differently. What are your beliefs about money? Is it good or bad? Many people have beliefs that limit their control over money and don't even realize it. The thing most people don't realize is that their beliefs about money greatly affect the amount of money and prosperity they have. It's all about your paradigm. Come play a fun game with us called Cashflow 101, created by best-selling author Robert Kiyosaki. Come meet new people and check your paradigm as we learn principles that govern our personal and financial lives while having fun together. Currently, we are holding monthly game nights in Provo and St. George, Utah. Go to our website at www.cashflowparadigm.com to register for upcoming events. That's www.cashflowparadigm.com. Raising kids is one of the most challenging and rewarding experiences we can have in life. Your children didn't come with an owner's manual, so it's up to you to learn whatever will assist you in your role as a mom or a dad. Join me and my husband, Dr. Paul, for a free weekly discussion about all of the hot topics in parenting. Listen to what others are saying about these calls. By applying the things I've learned through the Parental Power Calls, I'm finally becoming the mom I always thought I would be.
2: I really like to use Parental Power as kind of like a reference book. So as I have concerns with my parenting, I like to be able to look up on the blog and then listen to whatever podcast seems closely related. I like the variety of, of topics, the variety of age groups that are addressed.
3: I'm on the Parental Power calls as often as I possibly can because I know I'm going to come away with something I can apply to being a parent that very day.
1: Let us join your parenting team through Parental Power, Just send an email to drpaul at liveonpurposeradio.com to register for the live calls. Or just check us out first through the link at drpaul.org. All of the previous calls are posted on our blog site, where you can also add your own input. Let's team up to start parenting on purpose. Well, you know, Eric, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you come on the show today is because there is so much fear, fear and scarcity and people who are really afraid about the economy, and they're looking at um, what we've kind of introduced here, the devaluation of our money, Mm -hmm. uh, of the dollar, and... I think I think that that creates a lot of fear for people because they're afraid of what that's going to mean or how how it's going to affect them. And uh, you shared another example too, though. Of uh,
2: yeah, let me give you one with uh, gold. Okay, um, back in Roman times, a, a man could buy a brand new toga, handmade leather belt, nice leather sandals for one ounce of gold. Mm. And that same ounce of gold could buy a man today a nice suit, leather belt, and nice shoes for the same... I mean, it buys the same thing.
1: Mm-hmm. It it holds the same value. So, so the whole exchange properties of gold have not changed much.
2: Not much. I mean, there's some fluctuations, you know, based sure. on supplies or whatever, but...
1: Yeah, sure. And... So, so throughout time, I'm just trying to, and, and, folks, I'm not an expert in this area. And that's why I've got Eric here with me today, because he's done a lot more research on this. But as I start to wrap my brain around this, throughout time, people have used gold and silver and, as a means of exchange, as money, basically. Yeah. But beyond that, they, they valued it in and of itself. There are useful properties of gold and silver. That uh, people have, have made adornments, for example, or... Yeah, there's jewelry. Or
2: jewelry, or... You can make, I mean, silverware.
1: People like
2: it. It's, it's shiny. It's, they like the
1: appearance of yeah, it. They like nice. the way that they feel when they have it, uh, all of this. Okay, so that's a given. Now, as people used this as a medium for exchange, because sometimes you'll want something other than the gold, Okay, the Absolutely. gold is nice to have, but be nice to have some some meat and some bread and some some milk and some cheese and you know food and shelter and clothing and all that stuff. And you can't you can't wear and eat and live in gold. So people would use it to trade for those kinds of things, right? As yeah. a medium of exchange. Tell us how, from from your research and your knowledge, how did the paper currency come into being
2: well it started with safe makers and goldsmiths Um, goldsmiths at the time they had safes to keep their gold safe so they can you know keep it safe while they're Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not doing what they're doing or the safe makers were having a hard time selling their safes so they decided to sell the services of their safe where bring us your gold and silver we'll put it in our safe for you and then we'll write you a little note that well,
1: says how much gold you have in our safe. How much you have. And then okay.
2: what happened was, rather than making a trip to the safe maker and then making a trip to the grocery store, or the markets and all the different places to buy your stuff, they just started trading these notes. And that was great mm-hmm. because it was convenient. It was easy. If they ever wanted their gold, they can go back and get it anytime. But what mm-hmm. the uh, the safe makers and the goldsmiths They eventually turned into bankers, and what they figured out was not everybody comes back to get their gold. We've got all this big pile of gold, and what are we going to do with it? Mm -hmm. So they had a brilliant idea (laughs) to just start writing more notes than they had gold. And then governments
4: Mm -hmm. got
1: involved, and then, you know. So this is how it started, though. Yes. And the note holds the place of or represents the gold. Yes. Or silver or whatever it was that the people had silver. of value. Yeah. And then they could use the note now instead of the gold to go out there and trade with other people. So mm-hmm. the money that we have today, the, the U.S. currency that we use in the United States, for example, uh-huh. these are notes. Now, for a while, they were backed by precious metals, right? Right.
2: Yeah, supposedly there's money in Fort Knox and that was, Mm -hmm. you know, protecting our paper money as we printed more and more of it. um, People began to demand it or foreign countries, you know, began to demand it as payment. And then I think Nixon in the 70s said, no, no more. We can't afford it. Mm -hmm. So that's when we officially were off the gold standard.
1: In the 70s, 1970s. Um, Yeah, 73 or something, I don't know, 71. So now point. when money is is printed, let's just stay on paper money for a minute. Mm-hmm. When that is printed, it's not based on gold or silver.
2: Well, it's not based on anything. It's based on a need or a debt or, you know, something that we need to pay for. So mm-hmm. let's just print money and... And borrow it. It's based on debt. It's based on debt. Yeah, all money is
1: created by going in debt. So uh, you gave me a little math example earlier. Would you (laughs) just share that, too? It just gets you thinking.
2: Well, our national debt is uh, getting close to $10 trillion. And what our national debt is is the accumulation of all yearly deficits plus interest. Um
1: what was the amount again
2: it's getting close to 10 trillion dollars 10 trillion dollars so let's break that down into terms that we can understand better if i were to give you dr paul a hundred dollars a second every
1: second hundred dollars a second hundred dollars now that's a a little more than i usually charge yeah (laughs) but let's just imagine that for this is a fun game eric
2: Doctor Paul, you're charging a hundred dollars a second. Sign
1: me <laughs> up. <laughs> so 100 $100 a hundred dollars a second,
2: a million. You'd be a millionaire
1: in about two hours and forty five minutes. So a hundred dollars a second, you're going to make a million bucks in a couple hours. Almost three hours. Yeah, that's a good amount. Okay, that's a lot of money. Okay,
2: that's for a million. Yeah. All right. Okay, a billion dollars, one billion with a B. Is going to take you about four months.
1: Now, a billion is a thousand million. Yes. It Sounds like little kids talking, doesn't it? <laughs> a
2: thousand million. A hundred trillion.
1: A hundred g- <laughs> So, a billion is going to take you four months. Four months. I think it was a and. But you said days. the national deficit or the national debt is around ten trillion. Ten
2: trillion. So, one trillion, just one trillion guess
1: at a hundred dollars a second a hundred dollars a second it's gonna be years yeah
2: three hundred and thirty
1: three years three hundred and thirty three that's just for one trillion no a trillion is a thousand billion a thousand billion which is a thousand million yeah
2: but our national debt's almost ten thousand billion so Uh. just just to service the interest on it would take two hundred people Paying $100 a second just to pay the interest on the debt.
1: Just to pay the interest.
2: Yeah. And okay. and the funny thing okay. about it, it, the debt can never be paid off. It's physically impossible. It can never be paid off because the only money that ever existed was the original loan. The interest that's adding up separately is uh-huh. never created as physical money or electronic
1: money, or any kind of money. It's mind-boggling. It is. To think of those kinds of numbers. Now, uh, you, you and I talked a little bit before the show also about what our purpose is for this show. And I don't want to send people into more fear and scarcity, but I want people to open up their eyes and take a look at what's happening here and what some of the solutions are. It seems to me, and you tell me if you agree with this, Eric, it seems to me like part of the problem is counterfeiting. Okay, now I'm going to throw that term out there and I might get in trouble for it. It's legalized counterfeiting. depends on who's doing it. Well, what is counterfeiting? Counterfeiting is when you create something that has the appearance of value but doesn't carry the real value. Is that an okay definition of counterfeiting? Sure. And there's a lot of forms of this. We're familiar with the form where someone who is not authorized goes out there and prints money, okay? And it has no value behind it. It's just something that they created out of thin air, and here, we're going to we're gonna turn this into money. But there's a lot of that happening in our society, isn't there?
2: Yeah, a lot. I mean, if if I were to do that, you know, I'd go to jail if I got caught.
1: Sure. And some people are in jail for that mm-hmm. very reason. But the value proposition, now let's look at, you said legalized counterfeiting, which is, it sounds like that's what you're saying that, that the government might be doing. Well,
2: it's not necessarily the government. The Federal Reserve is really the bank in charge of it, and we've given power to this bank, and they are no
1: more federal than Federal Express. Okay. Okay. Private, it's a corporation. it's a corporation, a bank, but they have the power or the authority given, from the government, given by Congress, yep, to go ahead and print this money. Yep, the and, Federal Reserve
2: Act of nineteen thirteen.
1: But they don't have to have a safe full of gold to back it up, not anymore. So this is why the value of it is decreasing. At least, it, see, I'm thinking on my feet here, Eric, because this is kind of new ground for me. Some of this stuff, but it makes sense to me that that we've got a problem that comes from counterfeiting or creating something that has the appearance of value without the real value attached to it. Now, if I write you a note on a piece of paper that says, Eric, I promise to provide this or that to you in exchange for this or that that you're going to give to me. In fact, we have an agreement similar to that, don't we? We do. <laughs> Eric and I are engaged in an exchange that doesn't involve money. He's going to take
2: one of it's... our motorhomes.
1: A, a motorhome. You have a motorhome rental business. Yes. And I'm providing some of the services that I do to you and your family in exchange for some time in one of your motorhomes. Yes. And that's, that's what real, real money is and what real value is. Right. I'm getting real value for real value that you're, that you're receiving from me. Absolutely, And it's a direct exchange of value. Now, money makes it a lot easier to exchange with people you don't know or with people who don't have what it is that you want because it's just a receipt that allows you to go trade it for something of value. Mm -hmm. But if I were to start just creating all kinds of notes without anything backing them up, it wouldn't be any better than me handing you a post-it pad full of papers. That's about how valuable it would be. Except take off the sticky strip. (laughs) Right? Put a little more ink on it. We'll do some more history on that in just a minute. Okay. Thank you for joining me for the Live On Purpose radio podcast. It is truly an honor to be a part of your prosperity team. Please visit my website, drpaul.org to get connected with other tools for you and your family there you will find links to my weekly e-zine, empower harnessing the power of the mind and to the free parental power teleconference that i host every week with my wife Vicki. you can also check out upcoming events or pick up powerful information products feel free to contact me directly with questions comments or to book me for your company or private event email me through dr paul At liveonpurposeradio.com.
4: I've got a great idea. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. When is the right time to do something about your million dollar ideas? For Chris Hawes, it was when he was just nine years old. The young man was struggling to shoot a basketball correctly. His dad then taught him the correct position to place your hands on the basketball. It worked. With good hand placement, he started sending more basketballs through the net. One day while at school, the nine-year-old noticed his friends shooting basketballs with their hands in all sorts of different positions. Instinctively, he got some paint, dipped his hands in it, and placed his hands on the basketball with the correct hand positioning. His friends were able to make a quick check of where their hands should be, and a new product was born. The hands-on basketball was recognized that same year by SportTime and local media. Within months, ESPN, National Geographic, and others took the story and inspired millions. At the age of nine, Chris Hawes started earning more than most college graduates ever make. His hands on basketball is now available worldwide. This is Shay Larson, IdeaOrbit.com, with the World of Ideas Report. I've got a great idea.
0: Wouldn't you like to know? So I guess I'll have to share it. I thought of it a moment ago.
1: Oh, boy. Okay, you got me thinking, Eric. You know, this is a little different for me because I'm trying to... I'm trying to bring this into what what are we supposed to learn from all of this? What are we supposed to learn? And where are we really putting our value? And what do we consider to be valuable? And traditionally or w- or, or what do we accept as Or what do we accept value in our life? There have been times in history and you can probably think of a couple of examples of this where money as it was, you know, the paper money, the printed stuff that the government issues had absolutely no value at all.
2: Yeah, I think the best example is uh, in Germany after World War I. Okay. When they literally had a wheelbarrow full of money, but mm. that wheelbarrow load of money wouldn't buy you a wheelbarrow load of wood. So they just burned mm. the money.
1: Oh, money to burn, huh? <laughs>
2: yeah. Who has money to burn? Well, they did because mm. there was so much of it. And um, the,
1: and it was more valuable to them in the heat that it would produce in their stove than whatever they could trade it for. Yeah, pretty much. Isn't that interesting?
2: But before uh, the inflation took off, 60,000 marks would uh, provide um, a retired person, a very comfortable, you know, retired Life and you could live off the interest in sixty thousand marks. Mm. Um, three and a half years later, do you have
1: any idea what the equivalent would be in dollars? Um, it depends on which dollars you're talking about, I guess. Yeah,
2: I mean our dollars go in the same way. I mean food prices have doubled in the last couple of years, and
1: I mean you so see we can use the word marks there. or dollars or whatever you want, but the concept is the same. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure there was a time in this country where $60,000 would go a long way uh, just living off of the interest of that.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. But toward the end of this whole inflation cycle in Germany, um, the banks had to close down the account due to insufficient funds. And it cost a million dollars just for the postage stamp to send that person their 60,000 marks which was basically worthless if i mean a stamp cost a million marks it, it's just crazy uh,
1: so the value of it had gone down so far that it was just it was literally not significantly valuable at all anymore yeah i
2: i think people were just trading commodities and mm-hmm. you know that's why the value of commodities has gone up so much mm-hmm. in our country food and gas and you know, pretty much everything, anything you mm-hmm. you consume.
1: Well, so as I as I'm learning more about this, and Eric, thank you for uh, for opening my eyes to a few things because it's really it's something that I think we all need to be aware of. What's going on, and why are why are we having these economic challenges right now in our world and in our country? And it makes more sense when you start to think about well, you know, the value of services and goods and things hasn't changed. I mean, we still value them similarly to how we used to value them, but the value of the money that we're using to exchange has changed significantly.
2: Yes. I mean, food is always going to be valuable. Everybody needs it. Sure. Clean air, clean water. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, these are things that are universal pretty much to everybody.
1: And we don't really value them any more now than we used to. I mean, when it comes yeah. right down to it, uh, a loaf of bread, a gallon of milk, a carton of eggs. well We might take it for granted. Sure.
2: When, when it seems to come easy. But when it, mm-hmm. you know, wow, this is getting expensive.
1: But in, in terms of the direct value to us, You know, the nutritional value, how many sandwiches can you make out of a loaf of bread? That hasn't changed, really. No. It's pretty consistent. And And gold and silver, interestingly, to use gold and silver as money, it's almost like that's their purpose. (laughs) You know?
2: I would say definitely, without a doubt. Is that an
1: interesting concept? Well, because it doesn't go bad. You know, you Mm
2: -hmm. can't store a loaf of bread. It's going to go moldy and get hard and... Nasty, mm-hmm. you know. You can store wheat for so long, or other commodities, or food mm-hmm. for so long, but gold and silver, you can store that forever,
1: mm-hmm. or at least close enough to that to. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's suit a, most people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> one of the, one of the risks that we had in doing this kind of show today, Eric, is getting really political. <laughs> or, or going off on some interesting theories that can kind of arise from this. But what I think the direction I would like to go for the remaining time—no politics. Well, <laughs> we've already gotten into that a little bit, but it and it, you know, interestingly though, we can joke about that a little bit. Well, one thing I can say without getting too crazy, but
2: mm-hmm. I mean, Democrats they blame Republicans, Republicans blame Democrats. You know, we right. blame. They're blaming the environmentalists for the high oil prices and you know all these things that everybody's pointing the finger, but they're not looking at the real cause. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're 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 both they're both spending more money. So, Republicans, Democrats are both spending more money than we have, and they're uh-huh. borrowing it and basically creating
1: money out of thin air and and spending it like. So let me take a stab at this, that the real heart of the issue, the real core here, has to do with real value, with real value, not counterfeit, not something that has the appearance of value, uh, but real value, okay? And getting back to an economy that involves the exchange of real value between people who value what's being exchanged,
2: I think that's really important. I mean that's why I love doing trades mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm getting something I want and offering something I
1: have it's It's a mm-hmm. great exchange. I agree. I agree a hundred percent now if okay, so you who are listening right now, I know that you're probably going through some some challenges in your life. And one of those might be an economic challenge. And that's a pretty safe bet in today's economy, because we're all in this boat together, right? Yeah. And as you scratch your head, and as you try to figure out, okay, what am I going to do about this? It's a great question to ask, by the way, what am I going to do about this? The answer, I believe, has to come from what kind of real value can I provide to people? And if you're thinking that the the answer to your financial problems is to get more dollars, well, how, how are you going to keep up with getting more of what's losing value? Does that make sense? I'm not sure I'm being really clear about that, you know, Eric. It's clear
2: to me. I mean, when our government hands out a tax rebate and and tries to stimulate the economy. They call it a stimulus package. Mm -hmm. It's only adding more fuel to the fire. It's only saying here's more money that we created out of thin air to try to help the problem of, you know, all too much money. Mm -hmm. It's just throwing gasoline on the fire.
1: And it has a short-term kind of an appeasing effect to people because they're getting more of what they think is real value, but it's only got the appearance of value. Yep. I don't think money has value except as, as it is tied to the real value that people create and exchange with each other. And really that's what it is. is it's a, a symbol or a token or a receipt for, for value that has been created or that is promised. Yeah. And I think as
2: people can get back to what is real value and create real value and, you know, exchange value for value. I mean, that's, that's what made our country great is that we had something that was a solid base that we could build on. And then people were, they honestly exchanged and worked hard and, and they produced, we were the greatest producing country in the world for a long
1: time. And unless we get back to that kind of mentality, this really could go a direction that would be very economically devastating for the country. For a long time, yeah. Okay, so what are the answers? Well, my personal
2: answer would be to, if you can afford it, to buy some gold and silver and, you know.
1: Well, and what you're saying is to exchange one kind of money for another...
2: Yeah. Get just to get real money.
1: That's kind of what Kiyosaki's talking about in, in this article that I referred to and I apologize for not having the uh the immediate access to the website here but it's it's uh, I think it was called Rich Dad's Gold. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And you can get it through Robert Kiyosaki and his websites. Um, but basically he he shared an example of how he and Kim have done that as they would collect coins, for example, you know, just the extra change that you get. And uh, one of the things that he did is he would he'd just kind of pile those up. And then when he had a bag full of coins, he'd take him to a, to a coin shop that had gold and silver and trade it for as much as he could get. Yeah, he called it exchanging bad money for good money. Exchanging bad money for good money. Yeah. And he said, you'd be surprised of
2: how much bad money it takes. To get a little bit to of, buy good a money. Little of good money,
1: <laughs> yeah, and that that gap is getting bigger and bigger. Well, I gotta do the disclaimer again too, because I know as we get more and more listeners, I don't want people to misunderstand the the purpose of this show. It's called Live on Purpose, and I don't give financial advice, and I'm not licensed to do that, and it's that's not what we're all about here. But Eric, as you were saying, you know, well, I'd go out there and buy gold and silver. This is what you would do. You're not necessarily saying that everybody should do that. But the concept behind that is get back to real value. Yes. And instead of trying to collect stuff that has no value, like paper money, for example, a dollar that you collect today is not necessarily worth a dollar tomorrow. And you might need two of them tomorrow to buy what you can today. And we're seeing that as we see the prices go up and the inflation. Um, I, think, I think even more fundamental than that, what does the gold and silver represent? When we use it as money, what does it represent?
2: It represents
1: somebody's effort and labor and what they have created. Exactly. Exactly. And I th- let's, let's develop that just a little bit more in our last segment because the real value has to do with how you can create and produce and bring value to this world. Awesome.
0: This is Kirk Weasler to tell you about morebetterbooks.com. Morebetterbooks.com is where you can find more better books for a more better life. Not only that, let me tell you about some of the very fun and cool select titles on morebetterbooks.com. You'll want to get a copy of The Dog Poop Initiative. This best-smelling book could change your life forever. It's certainly changed the lives of thousands of Boeing employees, as well as school teachers, parents, leaders across the United States, and in Israel, and in Germany. And you can get your own copy at morebetterbooks.com. Whoa, that's not all. What about The Cookie Thief? This classic tale told in a rhyming format, fully illustrated with very fun hit messages. Pick up a copy now today on morebetterbooks.com. Other great titles there, Finding Your Pathway to Mastery, Beyond Illusions, Make It Great. These titles are only available on morebetterbooks.com. Go to morebetterbooks.com today and begin to have a more better life and live that life on purpose.
3: Some people give their two cents, but this positive island boy shares a dime every time he speaks. Dino Pinder is back with another deposit to your attitude.
0: Every day's a good day. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. If your eyes opened up this morning, your two feet touched the ground, you got more to thank the Lord for. I mean, if he was to write our blessings on the wall, we'd paint this old city because we just can't number them all. So instead of complaining and griping, just thank the Lord that you could get out of bed and walk and talk. Yeah, sometimes people tell me, hey, it's good to see you. I tell them, well, I'd rather be seen than viewed. Yeah, I see people, you know, time they worry all the time, worry about this, they worry about that. My grandma used to worry all the time, and I used to tell her, Ma, worrying is give you something to do, it's just like a rocking chair. You know, you could rock back and forth, it'll give you something to do, but it won't get you nowhere, and that's the same with worrying. So why worry when you could pray? You say it's a good day? Yeah, it's a good day. Every day's a good day.
3: This has been Dino's Dime. For more island
1: wisdom, visit Dino's time. All right, so creating real value, everybody has the ability to do that. And I think sometimes we get a little distracted into thinking, well, I got to come up with some kind of a, a financial strategy or I have to find the right investment or I have to, you know, we get going the wrong direction with that. When really the answer, I think, to our economic problems is identifying what real value can I provide to other people? And that will secure that will secure your, your economic future. Think about it. What if what if the dollar the value of the dollar goes to zero? So now you can't buy a gallon of gas for four bucks. you can't buy it for a 100 bucks, because the dollar's not worth anything. Well what are you going to do then?
2: Yeah, What are you going to do? I mean, you, you're going to exchange and you're going to do what you know how to do. That's right. In exchange for whatever somebody else can provide
1: you for. And that's the whole basis of our economy to start with, is providing real value and then exchanging that. Yeah. And it, I, I don't know what's going to happen, Eric, whether I mean, we're going to go through.
2: A, a lot of people are going to get caught in the in the victim mode of it and, oh, it's not my fault and I didn't know and I didn't, you know, I was misinformed and you know, this isn't my fault, but mm-hmm. I mean, things are going to happen. What's going to happen? And, mm-hmm. you know, knowledge, knowing about it could, could give you the upper hand to be able to prepare for it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I know that you've been really enthusiastic about teaching people about gold and silver um, because this is a form of money that seems to have retained its value over time. And really throughout history. Pretty much, yeah.
2: All of recorded history.
1: You can't just go out and create more gold. No, it takes effort. Which is why, you know, I can't just declare more gold into existence. It's the the gold that's there is there. and And I think that's why, excuse me, I think that's why it has retained some of its, or it has retained its value over time is because you can't just have someone arbitrarily say, okay, now there's more gold, right?
2: Well, you could if it was, you know, a lie and in a safe and, oh, yeah, there's gold in there. Trust me.
1: Oh, well, yeah. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about physically just yeah. kind of just kind of speaking it into existence like we can money.
2: Yeah. Well, the, the alchemists have tried and... You know, to turn lead into gold. I don't know if yeah. they ever succeeded, <laughs> but money. I mean, the Federal Reserve can snap their fingers and type a few buttons in the computer and wire money to any bank they mm-hmm. want to. I mean, they bailed out Bear Stearns, large investment banker, and and they weren't even an American bank.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, here you go. We'll we'll take care of you, just so we keep the economy going. I mean, it's it's just setting a precedent of. You know, mm-hmm. it's not your fault, and, you know, well, you're a, a big billionaire bank. Well, we'll take care of you, mm-hmm. and we'll put that burden on the taxpayer.
1: So the reason that gold and silver and those precious metals still retain their value and are still useful as money is the same reason that that you can secure your own financial and economic future by becoming more clear about what real value you have to offer and don't, don't go out there and accept or try to, um, what am I trying to get to the counterfeiting? Okay. Don't sell out for the counterfeits, provide and demand real value in exchange. There's a lot of counterfeits out there besides Mm -hmm.
2: paper money. But, um, you know, I was listening, I listened to Garrett Gunderson every once in a while and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he talks about soul purpose and, you know, everybody's unique and they have their ability to, to create something that is unique
3: mm-hmm. and
2: that nobody else can do that as good as that person can do whatever they do. And, and I think by focusing on that, then, you know, we mm-hmm. really can exchange and create value for everybody.
1: That That is so true. And you know what? I I run into very few people who who really understand what kind of real value they have to offer. They just don't understand it. And this is a lot of the coaching that I do too, is to help people to hone in on that and to figure out what is it that I really bring to the table here? And how can I bring it in a way that benefits more people? And there's obviously an economic benefit to that as you start to figure it out. But really, we don't have a very good understanding of that in general about our own value, about the, about the real value that we can create for the world. And that's a great question to be asking. And if you don't have an answer to that question yet, what are you willing to do to find some answers to that question? Because this is what's going to secure you for the long term. And if you, especially, oh my heavens, especially if you're feeling some fear and scarcity relating to the money issue. And, (laughs) I mean, it affects so much of your life.
2: I mean, we work so hard for it. You know, some people Mm -hmm. work 12-hour days only to find out that, you know, a year later that their money that they worked so hard for has been diluted by 10 or 12 or 15%. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just a it's just a never ending battle, losing battle if if you don't understand what's
1: happening, mm-hmm. and do something about it. And and emphasizing the do something about it part is become more clear about what real value you have to add to the world, and be willing to go out there and start exchanging it. And that's what's really going to solve it. It's not that you're going to collect more of these dollars. It's that you're going to find ways to add more value to the world.
2: Yeah, more, more money is never the answer. I mean, sometimes it, it helps if it's utilized and in the proper way, but it's, it's never just, let's just put more money into
1: it, and then that'll mm-hmm. fix it. And you're talking about this as, as a more global thing or a national scale? Plus on a personal scale, wouldn't you agree?
2: Absolutely on a personal scale. If you can't handle, you know, a budget of $5,000 a month, what, what makes you think you can handle a budget of 50000 or 500000 mm-hmm. or $5 million a month? I mean, it's mm-hmm. just another zero.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: really all it is.
1: Just adding zeros. It's our relationship with money that dictates that too and what we really believe about it. I hope that this discussion, I know for me, Eric, one of the things that this has done for me is to to give me another opportunity to reevaluate my relationship with money. What is it that I believe about it? You know, Do I believe that it's this magical, powerful uh, form of deity?
2: A lot of people worship it. Oh, I they- know you know they'll do anything for it and they'll you know it's kind of sad
1: mm-hmm. or do I or do I believe that it's just a symbol and a token a, a representation of real value okay because mm-hmm. the real value is what it is that that the money represents and and knowing that that's what it is, then then you focus on the value. You focus on the value creation, and I've I know I've really emphasized that on today's show. But I believe that that is not only the problem that we've encountered, you know, creating symbols that don't match the real value, or counterfeiting. Um, but that's also the solution is get back to the real value and creating real value to exchange with real people. Oh
2: and and earlier before the show we were talking about education too and knowledge and you know by by having knowledge we can, you know, create even more value. But but knowledge really is when it comes down to it, with without knowledge we wouldn't even know how to do things or how to create money or how to create value. So it, you know, the knowledge really helps.
1: Well, that, that gets back to one of my favorite topics, which is human life value. And as you invest in yourself and in your education and in a process of, of adding knowledge to your life, uh, that's what really puts you in a position that you can now create real value for other people. I was thinking, Eric, you and I attended a meeting today with some advisors for a uh, a project called Project Liberty. Yes. And uh, we're both affiliated as advisors to that program, which has the purpose of providing education and knowledge to people so that they're in a position to make better decisions and to move forward and create value in ways that they haven't before. Um, that... That, I think, is the process that people go through. And whether it's Project Liberty or some other some other way that you choose to gain knowledge, I think that that's an important step. Open up your mind and start to fill it up with knowledge. Yeah. Turn off the stupid TV. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> Books are still a pretty darn good source of knowledge, aren't they? They are. There's the, a lot of stuff in them. And there's a lot of stuff, and you can learn some things from TV as well. There's a few educational shows, you have to kind of search for them though there's a lot of mindless stuff yeah. there. The internet is another source it of is. all kinds of things there's a lot of garbage there
2: youtube videos but there's a <laughs> lot
1: there's a lot of value there too so so be selective, Eric uh, are there any specific recommendations that you would make to people, especially along the lines of your expertise in gold and silver, any reading or or web resources or anything that you'd like to point people to.
2: Well, I would just say don't take my word for all this stuff. Um I I have some sources for a lot of this information that I've got. Um kitco.com. They have a lot of articles about gold and silver. Um Okay. I, I don't know. I mean there's there's a ton of stuff out there. Um the Federal Reserve, don't don't just take my word for that. Mm -hmm. It might sound like conspiracy stuff, but,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you know, the Federal Reserve is, is a real thing and it's, it's not a government thing. It's, you know, it's a private corporation and they really do print money out of thin air. I mean, that's the truth, Mm -hmm. you know,
1: verify it yourself. Well, that, that's an interesting concept, which helps us to understand a little bit about where it is that, that our economy is going, Well, there's a movie out
2: there. I think it's three and a half hours long. You can uh, get it off of Google. If you Google Money Masters and watch that movie, it'll give you a lot of the history. Some of it might be boring, but to me it's really interesting. Mm. So, Money Masters.
1: But there's a lot of information. Uh, If you want to get in touch with Eric, you can always reach him through the show here at liveonpurposeradio.com. Just send me an email, Paul at liveonpurposeradio.com, and I can get those questions forwarded to Eric if you have uh, things that you'd like to ask him.
2: That would be awesome.
1: Anyway, keep your brains on though. Go out there and live on purpose. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Paul.